Thank you to our sponsor, Open Society Foundations, an organization that works to build vibrant and tolerant societies whose governments are accountable and open to the participation of all people. Have you considered as a member of a nation, within a nation, maybe building your own walls, maybe demanding passports from the European Americans <laughs> who don't necessarily have as long a claim on this land? If, if, if we're gonna play that game, do you make, maybe you have an advantage in that uh, game? No, that's, that's a little bit more radical than I can understand. Okay, I know that's that on me, I'll there, own that No, one. no, there, there are societies that do believe that, yeah. but you know, it's also counterintuitive to our indigenous belief that the borders can't be made by man. You know, only the creator makes these borders. The Hashtag Tell Black Stories podcast was created as an extension of Color of Change's Hollywood Culture Project, an initiative changing the rules in Hollywood, ensuring accurate, diverse, empathetic, and human portrayals of black people on television and throughout the media landscape. This is Hashtag Tell Black Stories, live from the 2019 Sundance Film Festival, and I'm your host, Baratunde Thurston. Ben Alex Dupree is a filmmaker, producer, and poet who grew up on the Colville Confederated Tribes Indian Reservation in Washington State and is committed to Native advocacy work. He describes himself as existing at the intersection of traditionalism and modernity in search of the new America West. Welcome to Hashtag Tell Black Stories, Ben. Thank you so much. It's really, really appreciate it. Really good to have you here. And speaking of being here, what has brought you to Sundance this year? Right. Well, you know, it's always great to be here at Sundance on the, the homeland of my brothers, the Ute people. And so I'd like to acknowledge the land that we're on and for Color of Change and for you to acknowledge the fact that even though this is a Tell Black Stories podcast, that you're opening up with an indigenous person to try to set the stage for what we've all been through in America, what yeah. we're all struggling through, and that's to find a new definition for what the American West is meaning to us. We're getting past uh, the doctrine of discovery and manifest destiny and some of the slavery mentality that we've been growing up with over the last 100 years, 200 years. I mean, really since 1492. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for being here. And is there a particular film project or production that's brought you other than the spiritual homecoming, right. uh, but to this festival? Sure. I'm always here in support of the indigenous initiatives, which is Bird Running Waters Native American you know, program that he does to help support indigenous voices. This year in particular, I'm here in support of some friends from Wildlands, okay. who are, uh, we're a kind of a collective of groups, Laughing Jackalope Films, Wildlands, and Running Wild Media. And they had made a film that's premiering tonight called Sea of Shadows, uh, which was following the vaquita fish, or porpoise, I always get it wrong. <laughs> it's near extinction. So I think we're seeing more and more of the climate change and industrialization leading towards this unprecedented level of extinction. Yeah. And as an environmentalist and someone who's a, a member of the globally indigenous community, I think we all need to focus a little bit more on what we can do to help stop the ravaging of our natural world. Uh, I assume this is a documentary? Yes so, yes. so a documentary telling that story about forms of life beyond human forms of life. Right. About other species, about the whole life that is this planet. Right. That's, that's a good solid twist given the, the lack of health of our planet at our own hands. Yeah, I mean, you know, the statistics do not lie that, you know, humans cannot survive another hundred years at this pace. Right. So I don't want to be the Indian with a tear in my eye because people are throwing trash on the ground, but I mean, that's kind of the situation we're in. You know, I don't want to have to be this kind of an advocate, but who else can at this point? Speaking of maybe being in a position that you don't want to have to be in, maybe mm -hmm. one that you didn't choose, 
at the time of this recording, about a week ago, you found yourself at the Lincoln Memorial. Mm-hmm. You were physically, probably spiritually present mm-hmm. during a very tense situation between Nathan Phillips and the Covington High Schoolers, including Sandman. What did you witness yourself? And what are your thoughts on the aftermath of the varying lines of story that emerged from that very inflamed situation? Right. So I was there. I was there all day. And like many people, we had left prior to Nathan approaching. And there's two people in question in this story. Nathan Phillips, an elder that we had been with at Standing Rock for several months, a really great man, and Keith IMC, a young MC and, and traditional singer who stepped in between two groups of people who were about ready to have a bigger altercation and used singing and drumming and defuse the situation in a good way, in a spiritual way, in a way that was nonviolent. It was, it was a direct action. It was something that was meant to help bridge the communities yeah. that were having an issue at and, that time. And if I may interject just for a moment, the idea of using the drum to bring people together is something our people have in common right. for a very long time. Please continue. No, no. Yeah. So I think overall, the stage that was set and the thing that the media continues to get wrong was that these buses of, of young white men being brought in to protest a woman's right to choose. They were there to be a counter rally for the women's march that was the next day. So they were there as instigators to a pro-life rally and they just happened to get in the middle of a bunch of Indians and that's usually <laughs> what happens. You know, We're not really too kind when we see those MAGA hats. It's a symbol of white supremacy which is consistently on our mind as indigenous people. Right. And why we continue to circle back around in the allyships that we're building with other cultures and other races. And we understand that we are not the largest population of people, mm-hmm. but we are always there at the side. We're always loyal and we're ready to get in. We believe that immigration shouldn't be illegal. We believe in, in Black Lives Matter. We believe in women's rights. We believe in so many things as a culture because it was instilled in us in, in our heart and soul and our spiritual being that everyone deserves an opportunity to live their life in a balanced way on this earth, including animals as well. Yeah. You, know? you mentioned immigration, so I'd like to go there because there is a story of immigration being told in this country right now that excludes a lot of people. It paints Mexicans and Muslims and maybe any group that begins with the letter M as an enemy. Um, and it presupposes that America only started in a certain year with a certain group at the center. As an indigenous person, as a native person, Where do you see the opportunity to inject a more complete, shall I say, more honest story about who actually, quote unquote, belongs on this land? Exactly. Well, I mean, I would have to defer to the tastemakers, the artists, the filmmakers, the street poets, people who are in their communities, bringing their voices to the front, supporting the youth and building a strong uh, relationship with your communities and, and just doing the organization that's been so prevalent in the last hundred years in American society where we have the Indian centers and we have the community centers and the outreach. But on this level, it's especially important that we build allyships with each other and our connections so that we're able to bring more funding, more distribution, and more of these great stories like Black Panther and, you know, just some of these big wins that we can count on and say, yeah, we're going to start changing the narrative for everyone. We're going to start making it better for our, our, our people, you know. Have you considered, as a member of a nation, within a nation, 
maybe building your own walls, maybe demanding passports from the European Americans <laughs> who don't necessarily have as long a claim on this land. If, if, if we're gonna play that game, do you make, maybe you have an advantage in that game? Uh, no, that's, that's a little bit more radical than I can understand. Okay, I know that's that on that me, I'll there, own that No, one. no, there, there are societies that do believe that, yeah. but you know, it's also counterintuitive to our indigenous belief that the borders can't be made by man. You know, only the creator makes these borders, that this, this globe that we're on is a gift to us for our time that we're here, and then we go back into the stars and into the earth. You know, our, the water in our blood becomes butterflies and, and it becomes, uh, you know, food for hummingbirds. I mean, we're not in a position to say what this earth is for, you know, and, and to, to play that game and to play the manifest destiny game and say that this is our stake, that would be counterintuitive to what we, we learned as, as, you know, from our elders. Well said, that's, that's how you shift the narrative, because that's not the discussion we're having right now we're having the manifest destiny. We're, we're arguing on those terms, right. shall we say. Your work has existed, your film work especially, has existed to change the narrative around Native men and boys. What does that look like? You know, I think we're living in an, a really interesting time where we're finally getting that equality balance where people are starting to pay more attention to women filmmakers. We're starting to really acknowledge how difficult it is to be a woman in today's society or anyone on the Belatedly. spectrum. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And in that discussion, there has to be more men stepping forward to help shape the narrative as to how, in particular, indigenous men mm. can continue to support this new uprising of voices within you know, our communities. And so I'm excited you know, to consistently be working with organizations like the Executive Alliance for Boys and Men of Color to talk about what we can do as indigenous men to help bring more understanding to some of these communities where a lot of these guys didn't grow up with their fathers. They didn't grow up with uncles, you know? Uh, so I'm not necessarily a role model for them. That's I just what know, every role model says. You know, I can't be, every... you know, it's easy, you can't follow my every step. It's yeah. a little, it's gonna be a little much. But if there are nobody in those spaces, then who's gonna be there to help support? And I do that through mentoring young indigenous artists. Mm -hmm. I feel like, that was who I was, and if I'd had more mentorship in that space, maybe I could have done more to contribute to the overall. Is there a particular missing piece of story for these young men in particular that you're trying to help them see? Right. I think really getting over the idea that the warrior culture is about misogyny and toxic masculinity. The warrior culture, the Kichita, the true Kichita from the Lakota people, is to be the man who stands in the back and who eats last and who does things the last, who has no name, who doesn't need to be recognized for anything in particular, who has to be there to do the things that nobody else wants to do, you know, you, you, to carry the person who can't carry themselves, to dance for the people who can't dance. And in understanding what true warriors are, you realize that it's more than humbling. It's not about strength and murder and destroying culture. It's not about being a Washington Redskin. You know, it's more about, you know, being a gardener, being a caretaker of the land, about, you know, maintaining the balance and having the prayer. Is it fair to say, because I see, again, parallels between black communities, indigenous communities, as far as this, what it means to be a man, and there is a narrative of dominance and master versus one of service. And this sounds much more like a narrative of service that you're trying to, to promote out there for young men and boys. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that probably is the basis for anyone who's gone to church and mm -hmm. grandma said, hey, you better get yourself in line or mm -hmm. anything, you know, anyone who knows that 
ultimately women are in the center of our circle and that we're there to protect them Say it first. louder for people in the back then, Alex. <laughs> women are at the center and the men stand around. Our role is not to overpower women, but to provide them the support and the strength they need. Can you talk to me about your film, Sweet Blood Dance, and what your purpose is with it and just what the project is? Sure, so Sweet Blood Dance is the old title. It's actually now called Sweet Heart Dancers. Okay. And Sweet Heart Dancers is a story about Sean and Adrian, a two-spirit couple, a gay native couple of men who, in a long-term relationship who are deciding that they want to continue to be dancing a dance called the Sweetheart Dance, mm. which is up until this point primarily between a man and a woman. They were just qualified in a powwow for competing as a gay couple, and they decided that instead of being bitter about it, they would continue to go and dance this dance throughout the year. And it's a really great story about just how love and how acceptance and returning and deconstructing the colonial narrative yeah. that was put on by the Catholic Church in the boarding school era that homosexuality is wrong. It allows them to grow into a new space where they are becoming role models in their own community as well. You used a word, uh, colonial, which I think is a very valuable term to remind people of where so many of our stories and ideas come from, from this idea of dominance over people and over lands and this extractive model. How is your effort to decolonize stories going? How is it going? Yeah. I, I don't think it's working. <laughs> <laughs> so what um, do we need to no, do more I mean, of? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's really, it's about centering yourself and finding ways that you can, you know, redirect the energy that people have around the colonial mindset, which is that capitalism is God. You know, ultimately, the corporate culture and capitalism say that there's only one way and that's money. But we know when our, in our own communities, when you don't have something, you're going to go to your cousin, your neighbor, you're going to borrow something, you're you going to trade. Make a way out of no way. Yeah. Right? So this idea that there's no way to live on this earth without money is exactly the direction that drives people into their alcoholism, into murder, into just thinking that the only way to get through this society is to hustle in a way that is detrimental to the rest of the people. Right. And that was put on us. That's a mindset they gave us. That's that mentality that they want to hold us at. But when we get free of that and work together, that's a different kind of living, you know? I want to talk about uh, Native and Indigenous people and Black folk and the bridges that connect us. In, in our communities, we all want to claim some Indigenous blood and the DNA tests are supporting and sometimes undermining some of those family stories. Uh, but we all have a shared history on this land of trauma, of exploitation, of torture and genocide or near genocide. And what do you see as an increasing possibility of connectedness and allyship between our two communities? Exactly. Well, I mean, you said it earlier, and I think that's a great way to swing back. Yeah. We're, we're unified by the drum. Yeah. You know, there's a traditional saying in, in our culture that is in every language that you might run into. When you're feeling sad, when you're down, when have you sang? When have you drummed? Like, if your spirit's low, it's because you're not having that connection. You're not having that connection to the drum. And when we realize that the drum is what unifies us, that circle, and it brings us back around, you know, now we see it in the clubs. Like, when do you feel good? You go to the club, you dance. We get around in the circle, yeah. and we smile at each other, and, and that's what brings us together. And I think that when we get back to our indigenous roots, because we're all globally indigenous, we know that we have connections that can continue to build us, build the bridges for our agendas in the future. 
you work in the agenda space of telling stories. And through that, I assume trying to shift people's minds a bit, open them a bit. What's a new story or a new type of story you think we need in the world right now? Yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time in the social justice space working on kind of this reactionary view of what people are doing to us. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at the police are doing this to us again. They're taking this from us again. Look at them, how they just don't understand. And there's a lot of fury on Facebook and social media that allows us to kind of stew in this space where we just constantly feel like it's unjust. With Sweetheart Dance, that's the beginning of my new narrative in, in saying that I'm only going to focus on the power, the strength of what makes, what makes us happy, what brings our life together. And in doing that, I'm honoring our ancestors because our ancestors said, when you're down, you know, you pray. When you're down, you think of me. I'm not gone. I'm still here. I'm in your space. And that's what love brings. So love is the unification of all of that. And that's what I want to focus on is how we tell loving stories. We can have all those ups and downs. We can have those tragedies. But ultimately, you know, love is what brings us together. Absolute, man, that is beautiful. Thank you. Ben Alex Dupree, give you some dap. We have filmmaker of Firelight Impact Fellow, I should mention. Ben Alex Dupree, we are recording. Firelight Media. Firelight Media. Uh, this is hashtag Tell Black Stories of the Color of Change, live from Sundance. I'm Baratunde Thurston. Thank you again, Ben Alex, All right. my brother. Yeah, thank you. And to our listeners, what story would you like to be told? Let us know by using the hashtag Tell Black Stories. For more on the hashtag Tell Black Stories podcast, visit storytellers.colorofchange.org slash podcast.